You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Welcome to the Better Man Podcast. Adam Torno here in studio with Chris Harper. Uh, Chris, last time when we talked about cohabitation, we kind of went old school and talked about courting and used to knock on the young lady's door and have to date around her family and all that kind of stuff. And so the topic we're going to talk about today with, again, another heavy topic, lustful thoughts, adultery, yeah. things like that. Have you ever seen the, this is going to be such a weird question to ask you on the Better Man podcast, <laughs> but the old school Playboy centerfolds, like yeah. the first ones, do you remember seeing those? Like, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The fold out. Yeah. Like an accordion. Yeah. It folds out like an accordion yeah. and the original ones, they were fully clothed. Right. Right. And that was like scandalous pornography Absolutely. back in the day. And now we drive down any highway, we see something that back when those original uh, uh, issues were coming out, they would see what we see in airports on the highway that kids are exposed to. And they would be like, what? Oh, bro. It is just, it, it feels like at times in this culture that we're living in, we're just surrounded by things to look at. Oh, uh, for guys. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, bro. It's so, it's so interesting. You bring that up. So I'm going to tell this story. I hope people don't think negatively. Right. Well, we've already mentioned Playboy centerfolds (laughs) on this one. So (laughs) So where are we going? (laughs) Man, Steve Farrar is a hero of mine. Okay. So Steve Farrar was a tremendous men's ministry guy in the nineties, um, early two thousands, um, he was a promise keeper's national speaker. Yep. Phenomenal, phenomenal man of God. He wrote a book called Point Man, yep. which I absolutely love. I quote it all the time. Um, he passed away uh, two years ago. Okay. So it was interesting. A few weeks ago, his his widow, Miss Mary, um, called me. She's she's seventy four years old, seventy two, seventy four years old, and she said, "Hey, Chris, I know you never met Steve. He's a hero of yours. I think he would have loved you." I oh, mean, I'd love to get coffee with you and kind of talk about Steve's yeah. legacy and what we're doing. And were they they were here local? Yeah, in yeah. So Dallas was, area, yeah, 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 North Dallas. Yeah. So she asked me to meet her at, at some coffee shop in Grapevine, mm. and and man, I'm I'm excited. I'm going to meet the wife of one of my heroes, my yep. spiritual heroes. Yeah. Right. So so I get to this coffee shop, and 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 she sits down, and she's sitting across from me, and it's crazy, bro. Over her left shoulder is probably the hottest girl I've ever seen. I mean, an absolute smoke show. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Just absolute yeah. smoke show. And and she's wearing Lululemon everything, you know, high rise, low yep. cut, and, yep. and I cannot take my eyes off of her. Mm. And I'm thinking, man, isn't Satan so crafty? Yeah. Here I am with the the wife yep. of my spiritual One of your heroes. men's hero who yep. just passed away. And I can't take my eyes yep. off the girl on her left shoulder. Yeah. To the point where where I just said, Hey, we should probably go somewhere quieter. Can we yeah. move into another yeah. room? Because which, it was that yeah. distracting. Which is a, a genius move, writing that one down. Uh go somewhere quieter. That's, uh, that's, that's a good way right. to get out that's of that. Right. And listen, so there's not a guy and here's why we can talk about this, because there's not a guy listening to this podcast that has not been through something like that. That's right. Right. And especially uh, again, we don't presume that everybody that listens to this would claim to be a follower of Jesus, but sure. especially for those that claim to be followers of Jesus, that we wanna live holy and pure lives. We want to be devoted to our wives, those of us that are married. Yeah. Um, we don't want these lustful thoughts. In situations like that, it, it's not It's not like you woke up that day and put yourself in a crazy situation. Not at all. It, it, it felt like, in many ways, uh, you were a victim. Like, there was nothing you could do, so you just got up and moved, which is, which is clearly the right thing to do in that situation. But 
for me, I would just go, okay, so that was Monday. And then guess what happened on Tuesday? And then there's a whole nother story. And then guess what happened on Wednesday? And then there's a whole other story. Um, and so this can seem like not to quote, you know, that, that book that was so great and so well titled every man's battle. Yeah. And if you were going to add to it, like every day for the rest of their life, it feels like this, this, this battle that we're in this war. Absolutely. And, and it is a war every day, especially when we think about, um, sexual temptation. Yeah. Right. So we know right now of, of married men, 25% of those married men are going to have an affair. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and I want to stop right there. Um, because that's that's such an easy way to say that. If you look at the root word of what an affair means, it it literally means affair. Like I'm going to the county fair. Uh, I'm going to a fair, right? Something new, something yeah. that comes to town once a year. Yep. Big lights, big attractions. So so even using the term he had an affair cheapens it. You yep. know what what the Bible calls it is adultery. Mm. Like you're committing adultery. Right. And then and then so we know 25 percent of men, married men, are going to have a physical relationship. They're going to have extramarital sex outside of 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 their covenant. Yep. Right. What we fail to talk about a lot is is Jesus took it a step further and said, no, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you've already committed adultery. That's right. Right. I'm reminded of what C.S. Lewis said. C.S. Lewis said that when you look at a plate of ham and eggs and you lust, you've already committed breakfast. <laughs> You'd smoked one too many pipes that day, man. Said, said, it's a strange he one. You, he said you've already committed breakfast. And, and he was alluding to this, yes. to, to what Jesus was talking about, man. When we, when we look upon a woman lustfully, um, we've already committed adultery in our heart. Yeah. And I wonder... I wonder how how that number would grow. Twenty five percent to what percent? Oh gosh, yeah. would it grow amongst married men yeah. that have committed lust in their heart? Yeah, have, and have this committed is committed adultery in their heart. And I'll po- point back to that episode where you and I talked about temptation and First Corinthians and how God always provides mm. a way out, and we're looking for the larger doors. So right. the twenty five percent was not the young man who woke up and just said, "Pooh, I know it'd be great today. Let's mm. let's ruin my marriage." Yeah. Um, it started with some smaller things, the person over the shoulder that you couldn't take your eyes off of that then led to uh, the conversation that then led to... So there's a lot of steps between zero and 25%. Adam, that's so good. And and I want to hit on something you just said, right? And some of our older listeners need to hear this. First of all, the number of men who commit adultery disproportionately grows the older you get. Hmm. So, so the older you get, the longer you're married, the greater the chance for you to have an extra marital affair. Okay. Okay. So older <laughs> men, I want you to hear this. Um, it's interesting how many men in the Bible fail in the second half of their lives. Oh, wow. Okay. Just think about men in the Bible. Yeah. The majority of them, they're actually failing in the second half of their life. And here's what I want you to hear. The enemy has no problem waiting 40 to 50 years to set a trap. (laughs) That's good. You want to talk about the virtue of patience. No one has patience like Satan. Yeah. He has no problem waiting 15, 20, 30 years into your marriage to ruin it. Yep. He'll wait all day. Yep. Yep. So just think about that. Hey guys, a quick word from our sponsor, the Robert Lewis Sermons Podcast. 
If you didn't know, Dr. Robert Lewis was one of the founders of Better Man and really the main voice for many years. So if you like this content, you're going to love his sermons. Go check it out. It's a sermon every single week and just another way that you can be reminded of God and his word every single week. That's the Robert Lewis Sermons podcast, and there's a link in the description below. And so, you know, the situation you talk about in the coffee shop, I, I, you know, there's been so much ink spilled on that, so many podcasts, so many sermons, all that kind of stuff. And, and every guy that is trying to pursue Jesus wholeheartedly knows, all right, in those situations, I need to bounce my eyes. I need to start right. to focus on something else. I need to start going through scripture, memory, whatever it is. I need to think about my wife in those situations. That's right. It, which is absolutely a part, one of our, our number one tactics absolutely. that we're going to deal with. For sure. Frontline defense. That's it. Yep. But let's, let's talk for a moment, though, about the, that second half, because there may yeah. be somebody that's sitting here just going, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm 40. Let's go me. I'm 48, right? And so obviously there's still the coffee shop moments in my life with those, too. But what would you say to the guys in the second half yeah. to go, here's some other questions and some things we need to think about as well? Absolutely. Things like things like guarding your eyes, bouncing your eyes. I went and on Saturday I took my son to get his hair cut and we go we go to a, a specific barber uh, shop. He goes to the same shop I go to and and we walked in and he sat down in the chair and there was an inappropriate music video on the screen. Mm-hmm. So immediately he looked and saw it and put his head down, which I'm proud of him. Yep. Ten year old boy to do that. And I looked at my barber and I said, "Hey man, you you don't have Disney Plus, do you?" <laughs> and he's like, he's like, "No, I don't have Disney." And he looked up and then he's like, "Oh, I know what you mean." And then he changed it to like some scenery on the yeah, TV, yeah, yeah. right? And I appreciate him doing that for sure. But but so so like there there are things like that. Bounce your eyes. Um, Billy Graham when he traveled, yep, um, he would call the hotel in advance and have them remove the TV from his hotel yep. room because temptation was too great, right? Um, apps like Covenant Eyes, phenomenal things like that. But when we talk about the heart, the question is: um, Are those things really addressing the heart of the matter? Because Jesus is saying, man, if you lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. So yes, first line of defense: bounce your eyes. Don't put yourselves in those situations. If there's a smoke show in the left corner, go to the right corner. Like right. I get it. Yep. Right. But I want to talk today just a little bit about the heart. And this is something this is something I came across in the Old Testament that was super helpful for me, and, and I think it may be helpful for some listeners. Yeah. So I want you to think about David, right? Um, David uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba. And, and you can find this text in, in 2 Samuel 11, but the Bible says that David woke up from a nap, right? He woke up from a nap, and then um, it's the middle of the day, and he sees Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. And he says, who is that woman? He went and asked about her. And this is, this is what the, the courier responds with. He says, isn't that Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam and wife of Uriah the Hittite? Mm-hmm. So I want you to see what the courier did. Immediately, David sees Bathsheba and he objectifies her. Mm-hmm. She is a beautiful, beautiful woman. The courier assigns value to her. Mm. Instead of her being an object, he makes her a person. He mm. says, yeah, that's someone's daughter and that's someone's wife. wife. Yeah. And because David never got there in his heart, because all he did was objectify her, 
it led him to sleep with her and then ultimately murder her husband, which just, by the way, ruined his family situation yep. for yep. generations That's to come. Right. He never got beyond objectification. So I think sometimes we can bounce our eyes and we can remove TVs and we can get covenant eyes and we can do all those things. But until we start to see women, not only as beautiful creatures created in the image of God, but but remind ourselves, man, that's that's God's daughter. Yeah, it's a person. That's somebody's daughter. Yeah, that might be somebody's wife. So, so when I'm sitting with Mary Ferrar, and there's that attractive lady on her left hand shoulder, like, like I've got to intentionally say, man, that's someone's daughter. That's right. Like that could be my daughter one day. That's right. Man, that's that's probably somebody's wife. That's another man's wife, yeah. right? Like to ingrain that in my head and heart, man, it helps me not objectify women. It helps me personify them. And remind me, man, there, you know, there's nothing wrong with 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 seeing a beautiful woman and acknowledging her beauty. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Like that is a creation of God, right? right. And beauty's in the eye of the beholder, anyways. Right. 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 But but when we when we objectify it, yep. that's when it becomes problematic. Yeah. I, I love that. I wrote down not objectification, but personification, right? right? That reminding ourselves and ascribing value. And these are things that we're doing split second in the moment in the nobody's going to see, right? In nobody's going to see that of just going, hold on, hold on, not your eyes. That's somebody's daughter. That's somebody's wife. That's somebody's friend. And those, those can all be helpful. I also think like even just what you did, like bringing this situation to light by confessing it, you obviously confess this in a very public forum on a, sure. on a podcast, but just talking to your friends about this. Absolutely. And just going, this is normal, just to it, normal in the sense of uh, pray for me, let's share some tactics. Let's continue to remind ourselves this is not what we want mm. for our lives. We don't want to be these walking around as these just objectifiers all the time, right? No. We want to be salt and light. And one of the ways we're going to be salt and light is we want to treat people like people with dignity That's right. and not personify or not objectifying mm. them uh, in that way. And so... What are some other things that have helped you in this battle, like with, with this one in particular, this, you know, just the lust of the mind? Yeah. Um, what you said, you know, sharing it, mm. confessing it. Now, confession doesn't give you right of way. Like you shouldn't keep doing it just so right. you can confess it. That's right. But, but it's one of those things that we don't really, that we don't really talk about. Again, we know the <laughs> statistics on people who have committed a physical act of adultery. We don't know the statistics on those who have committed a spiritual yeah. act of adultery. That's right. And and I'm willing to bet it's way higher. Yeah. Right. It's just one of those things we don't we don't talk about. Yeah. I think we do need to to talk about it. I think men and women both, a, a good way to combat this is practice the lost art of modesty. Mm. I mean modesty is such a lost art today. Mm. Even in churches. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not just like you hear modesty and, and immediately people think, yeah, women should dress more modest. I'm talking about men too. Yeah. Right. But but modesty's even lost its edge in the church. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, there are there are some attractive women that that go to my church where, where I wish they would dress a little differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I and, hear you. You know. It's, yeah. it's just, it's a real thing. And maybe what, if I was going to add to this conversation and just one other thing, and, and I'm still going back to that second half of life and I'm juxtaposing that with, remember going through the pre-married class, my mm. wife and I going through the pre-married class uh, at our church 
and John McGee and Scott Kadersha sharing some of the stats of like the married couples that are the most sexually satisfied. What is their age group? Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> McGee, I'm going to give McGee all the credit here because it was so funny. He'd be like, it was basically in their fifties and he was talking to all of these young 20 somethings and he was basically just like, and that's your parents. Right. And so I'm going to give you all a moment to throw up in your mouth as you think about that. Right. And, and so you go, okay, second half of life. So many men and women can fall during that. But yet at the same time, there's the stats that go that second half of the life, most sexually satisfied when married. That's right. Um, and just going that those two groups, like there's something that's different there between those two groups. And you and I, we haven't been married forever. You're 15 years. I'm, I'm in year 20. And I, and I think this is just a long winded way of just saying, work on your marriage. Absolutely. Like that's a, that's another great tactic 100%. Uh, is just keep working on your marriage, right? Keep pursuing your wife. If, if you've yes. got all this stuff that's that you're driving around and you're just like, oh, I bet, I bet she's not like my wife and I bet mm. she would be nice and I bet she wouldn't nag me. And I bet if you find yourself saying that, that's just a great indication that you probably got some things you need to go talk about with your wife. Absolutely. And, you know, and there's so many great resources out there that can help with that on re-engage and so many different ministries that are out there that can help couples just like you that have been married for a long time just keep making deposits into that into that marriage, That's and it. that can be so helpful. Yeah, statistics tell us that when when a man does commit adultery, and he's more likely to more yeah. likely than yeah. than a woman, um, it's not for the physical, it's not for the sex, it's yeah. for the nostalgia. That's right. They 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 want to experience and remember what was that honeymoon phase fifteen mm. years ago, twenty years ago. Well, here's a here's a pro tip. Like, like, don't go look for it somewhere else. Just recreate it. That's right. <laughs> like, recreate it in the marriage you have. Yes. Right. Yes. And 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 go back to, to to what it was like and bring that bring that into the future. And like you said, keep keep making those deposits. And and another and it's the same way with your relationship with God. Man, the the more you grow into intimacy with God, the mm-hmm. more you're going to grow in intimacy with your spouse. That's right. That's so good. I mean, it's a direct correlation, yep. right? Which is why the 50 year old who's faithful to his church, faithful to the Lord, faithful to his wife can say, hey, sex is much better now than it was 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one of the things that helps me as we're talking about like those mind games and just the things we'll tell each other with all of this is, I, I and I, I'm going to give the credit to Andy Stanley. I think years ago, he was just like, you know, guys, guys uh, get married because they think it's going to be a lot of sex and girls will get married because they think it's a relationship. Well, and he basically is like, I, you, you're going to wake up one day and you realize, oh no, I have a relationship on my hands now. You know, like right. this is a relationship. And I don't know, for, it's, for some reason, that's strangely encouraging to me that there yeah. is no such thing as just the 30 year honeymoon. Mm-mm. And it like, it's going, everything will eventually become a relationship <laughs> right. with all the goods and bads uh, that come yeah. with that. But there's just not that, there, you just can't live. And I think C.S. Lewis would talk about that in mere Christianity. Like you can't live in that crush phase That's of it. a relationship forever. It's impossible. You'd get no work done no, if no. it was like that. And, and if you are, it's not real. That's right. It's just a, a facade, yeah. right? There's a, um, I can't think of the name of the book, um, but it's an MIT professor and Oh, the title of the book is Reclaiming Conversations. Mm. And it's interesting. She's talking about social media. She's talking about screens. But she said um, social media gives the illusion of companionship without the hard work of friendship. That's right. That's good. 
right? And and there are so many people, um, whether it's a cohabitating relationship, whether it's a passionate fling or whatever, yeah. like there's the illusion of compa- companionship, but there's really no hard work of the relationship, yeah. right? Which is why most people um, um, won't go there because it is work. That's right. That's right. But it's, man, it's so worth it. Oh my gosh. And, and I don't know, like maybe that's the convicting part for the challenge for all of us that are listening to this, that are married men, is even just going... How are we talking about the benefits of being married? Yeah. Because uh, in the church, it is so easy to be like, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, it's hard, right. right? My buddy John McGee, marriage is hard and we're all going to die, right? So, <laughs> which is, which is you know, literally true. That's um, right. <laughs> but are, are we setting up for young men that this is, this is how one of the best expressions of manhood and yeah. opportunity to be a man, and it is so good. Yeah. It is so good. It's, it, is, it is outside of accepting Christ the single greatest decision I ever made absolutely was to ask Jackie to marry me. And, and it's, it's the single greatest thing that will bring you closer to Christ that's right. outside of Christ. That's right. Um, Christ has a bride. Yep. And he loves that bride and he sacrifices for that bride. Adam and Chris, we have a bride and we are most like Christ when we are loving that bride, sacrificing for that bride. One of the greatest gifts of marriage, it's not a um, lifelong companion. It's not sexual pleasure, even though all those things are good. Yeah. One of the greatest benefits of marriage is the sanctification that takes place when my wife challenges me to be a better father, a yep. better husband, a better follower of Christ, yep. and I get to grow in Christ-likeness because of my wife. I love it. That's awesome. Great way to end all that. So, uh, Chris, as always, great to be with you. Man, see you next time. Hey, Better Man fam, it is Chris Harper, Chief Storyteller and CEO at Better Man. Man, I hope you're loving this podcast as much as we love producing it and sharing on it and getting the word out about Better Man. Did you know that Better Man is largely donor funded? We exist because of the generosity of people like you. So what I'm asking today is that you would go to betterman.com backslash donate. The link is going to be below. And consider making a one-time gift to Betterman to help support our ministry. More than that, I would love for you to consider becoming a monthly partner to ensure that we can keep Betterman free and reaching men across the globe. Check it out today.